Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, so I'm very excited because I'm actually back in the studio. Um, I've not been coming in for a good few weeks because... Is it laziness or is it just heavily pregnant? But um, I decided to do it more from home. But I just went into London today for my very final scan, which is very exciting. Um, apparently, baby girl has a very long spine. Um, so I don't know what to make of that. Maybe she'll be tall. Or maybe she's just a freak. But we'll find out soon. Um, so I'm really excited because I have not one but two guests with me today. So um, they're a couple. They're not just two random people um firstly i have uh jamie who is a london-based producer and dj supporting the likes of david getter mark ronson swedish house mafia and also is her partner we were just talking about how much we don't <laughs> like this word as two non-married couples but her partner barney who this is like mad to me. So he's known as Mr. Banks online and because I'm above 30, I'm not that clued up <laughs> on TikTok. Um, but you've got 1.8 million TikTok followers um, and you both have um, a really funny podcast of which I've watched clips called Don't Tell Mum and both parents to Baby Rocket. So welcome, Jamie and Barney. Thank you very Hi, much. Thanks for having us. Your podcast clip, I was laughing because there was one I saw yesterday about working at Abercrombie. And <laughs> did yeah. you know that Tommy and I met because we both worked at Abercrombie? Oh my God, oh, did you? Probably See, same generation. What did I say about Abercrombie set me up? Perfect example. It's true. Set you guys up. There you go. Let's talk about Rocket because you are about to be parents of a one-year-old. Oh my God, I can't believe you. I was in labor this point last, I was in labor for 48 hours. And it's mad to think that we we had the baby in St. Mary's Paddington in London, because I didn't want to have the baby. I had a bad experience in hospital in Kent. Um, so we drove two hours during my labor yeah, to get to the Yeah, made a rod for our own backs there with that one because we thought, because it's the first baby that we assumed that labor's going to potentially be quite long. So we probably have a longer window between when your water breaks and then we can 
bundle all of our stuff into the car, get down to the hospital as soon as possible. And we su- we should still have time. Bear in mind, nothing crazy happens. But I didn't actually have my water breaking until two days after we were at the hospital. Yeah. So the reason why we did it is because I said to my midwife in Kent, we live in Kent and there's only like two hospitals in Kent. And it's mm-hmm. a big, big place. Um, I said, I wanted a water birth. And she went, well, we've only got one bath and it's a busy time to have a baby. Because post-COVID, they weren't yeah. letting anyone have water births at that time yeah. or they were really reducing it. They were only just bringing it back. So by going to St. Mary's, transferring over to there, they had multiple available. But also, you know, you had that bad experience at that hospital in Kent, but that drive, that two-hour drive was the scariest two hours of my life. Really? I was like, she starts giving birth in the car. So, so, so to go back a little bit, I had hyperglycemia with my pregnancy. And I didn't even think that was a thing. But they said it was an underlying thing that I'd had even before I was pregnant, where my sugar level dropped so much and I crashed and I started shaking and I got pins and needles all over my body. So I ended up in hospital and they forgot about me there. I'm, not, they, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but I'm laughing because it's like, of it's course so, they did. Yeah, yeah of, like, course. of course. <laughs> and I had a... Um, what do they call an it? An An IV and they left me there for six hours on the chair waiting and until I walked into the office and went can you get this thing out of my arm because I've just been sitting here for six hours and I'm eight months pregnant and then I said to my midwife I text her and I was like I'm so sorry but I feel really uncomfortable having my baby at this hospital and she went you can't move and I was like yeah I can I have I have my rights I can go anywhere I want to have my baby and she went well theoretically you can just turn up to a hospital and I went I don't want to just turn up to a hospital so I enrolled myself into St. Mary's best experience I've ever done. No, that's great because I didn't actually know that you could do that. So St. Mary, we literally rocked up, said, we want to have a baby here. They said, cool, when are you due? In two months time. Okay, sign this form. And they didn't say, where do you live? And this is your catchment area. We just said to them, look, we're going to drive for two hours. Nothing about a catchment area. I just filled in the form and... Um, I, we turned up at the birthing center. They were incredible. I was only one centimeter dilated. And I was like, I don't want to get back in the car for two hours and then come back. That's four hours. And I'd only had a show, but my contractions started. And so then they gave me- You lost um, your plug. Yeah. Is that at the show? That's the show. Sorry, it was a year ago. And then, um, <laughs> no, not, not a DJ plug. No, not a DJ plug. And uh, they gave me coding to make the pain go away. And I chucked up outside Tesco's at 7 a.m. while people were going really to fair. work. Pregnant woman chucking up outside. I mean, it's better than not being pregnant and chucking up outside. That's true. At at 7am. That would definitely say something. And then the contraction stopped and I didn't know that was a thing. But then he still was born 48 hours afterwards. And I'm so, so grateful. Did you get your water birth? I got my water birth. That's great. Yeah. Got my water birth and it did take a bit of time. I hadn't slept in two days. So I had a bit of pethidin to put me to sleep, just to sleep for a bit. And that worked. Went down woke up and as I woke up and I was coming around, I heard a pop and that was my waters breaking. And then we went into the bath about 7.30 and- He's they, born at 8.14. Yeah, and PM. they checked me and they were like, oh, you're definitely not ready yet. And I was like, I feel like I need to push. And they, the staff had swapped over at eight o'clock and she was like checking my notes. And I was like, I think you need to come over. <laughs> and she was like, I'm just checking on your notes. I was like, no, 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 I think the baby's coming. And then she went down. She went, oh, yeah, I can see a head. And then came straight away. And it's all online. <laughs> so if anybody wants it to really watch it, is. you can watch that it online. The whole birth vlog is online. That's on great. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. But not like down there. No, no, <laughs> Just... no. In, you know, everything leading up to yeah. and being in the bath and then giving birth and everything. I think, 
you hear me burst into tears as soon as I see Rocket oh, come out of the water. You see him come um, out of the water and it's, it's the amazing. most incredible thing. But yeah, we were just very chilled about it. We did the positive birthing, hypnobirth. Was it positive hypnobirthing? I know. Yeah, it. the positive birth experience. I think that's what it's that's called. That's what it's called. Um, and but, I know, made a playlist for it. Don't know if you've spoken about it too much on the podcast before, but uh, women poo when they give birth. Tommy won't uh, actually tell me. Tommy actually <laughs> won't tell me. I mean, I know I a hundred percent I would have pooed because I pushed so hard. But I kept being like, "Did I poo?" And he's like, "I'm not going to tell you that. Like, you just don't need to know." And I'm like, "No, but I'm generally just curious. Like, did I poo? I mean, I still yeah. have piles, so I presume I, yeah. I presume there was a lot of pushing. Mine haven't gone either. Yeah, it's a thing that we need to mention that more. I know. I'm sorry. I have never actually told you that. I mean, I brought up pooing, so I can't really like. You can't really. I've, I've used the tabs and I've used like the cream, and it's. Yeah, so I'm going to get, um, apparently it's a really easy operation. They basically like zap the vein off, um, but they don't recommend doing it, obviously, if you're carrying a baby yeah. or afterwards because of the pressure on you. So even though I'm doing a C-section this time, you can still basically get piles throughout your pregnancy or after. So they oh. said um, six months after, because I said to Tommy, like, it doesn't hurt. But I just don't want to have piles for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's I annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel think... like we're just kind of left. You know, you have all this like run up yeah. to the birth, and then you're kind of like, "Is the baby okay? Yeah." Off you go, and then you're like, "I think my bladder might be hanging out," yeah. <laughs> or like, "Is this vein normal?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just don't know. And the thing is, is I remember when I first felt it. I know this is really graphic. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And then I had to like Google it. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah. okay, I think that's what. And I think I even said to, to you what it, because I'd never had anything like that beforehand. I should have read up on this, but I didn't. And so you read everything leading up to the birth and the birth. And then afterwards, it's, it's kind of a little bit like an afterthought, but recovery is such a huge part yeah, of how pregnancy. Was your, how was your recovery? I would say my fourth trimester, looking back now a year on, it's so weird. We're at like the anniversary of the year. I'm just getting over. I'm just coming into myself now. And it's really weird. I I don't think I really connected with Rocket straight on the forefront right at the beginning. I was so rushed. I think it's a freelancer's world, but like rushed into I need to get back to work. And I didn't want to... I didn't want people that like even my best friend has said to me once, oh, don't worry, you're a mum now, I understand. And that like was like, oh, in the chest, it hurt hearing that. Mm -hmm. I'm not just a mum now, I have a career. And that really made me disconnect from my boy. And only now when he's like starting to become his own, I'm like feeling connected to him. It's such a weird thing to talk about because it's not like a baby comes and you butterflies and sunshine it isn't that and that's where I found looking back I'm going oh my god I actually probably did have post trauma postnatal depression and I didn't think I had it looking back did you recognize a change in Jamie when like, did you notice anything I think that you're so caught up in this like hurricane of emotion and lifestyle change when you have a kid that it's sometimes quite hard to sit back and like engage with each other and really figure out how each other are feeling unless you're have unless you have that level of communication already so i think for me the hard times are really hard and then the like the good times are really good it spikes and it drops so i don't think as a whole i recognized you having particular issues with you know postnatal depression but other than what you told me because i don't know if it's that you're 
you're such like a happy-go-lucky, bubbly personality anyway, and you kind of maintained that, but the lows were really low, and that's what showed me. So like, the highs being high are always high for you, but the lows are never that low for you, I needed- and your lows were really bad. Well, it was it was really weird because I I fell out of body, so I got a fringe. And looking back, I mean, it looked really hot. I don't know what she's talking about. The fringe but was I didn't great. Feel I feel connected to my skin, and I went out, and I remember saying to all my friends, "Oh my god, they're looking at me. They're looking at me. Everybody's looking at me. my body's different. It, everything felt weird." And I then was like, "I'm going to change my style." So I went out, changed my style. Worst thing to do is get a fringe because that's really hard to maintain the fringe and keep it like a flick cool fringe going back to work i'd there was there was a little bit of i did kind of hate you for a sec a little bit of time because i wanted to really 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 succeed at breastfeeding and i felt i remember going to work djing pumping behind the decks i had an lv on each boob taking them out and then doing it again and then i got an infection and they were like looked so bruised and I asked for some cabbage that's when I hit a real low asked for some cabbage while I was behind the decks and put some cabbage under my boobs in the middle of my set because we would do long sets about five hours when I was working for my restaurant gigs and I was like I can't keep maintaining this I'm gonna have to stop breastfeeding if I want to get back to work but we financially didn't have enough money to be able to take on just you for work and Mm. I was just like oh so frustrated because I wanted to succeed at breastfeeding but I would have to have been there all the time and the pumping just didn't work for me because I didn't disinfect properly then I got the infection and then the milk stopped and it was just oh so frustrating so looking back I feel like you're so exhausted as well when you breastfeed Mm mm-hmm and I couldn't maintain both. And that was one thing where I resented you just slightly because I was like, That's okay. I really, really want to succeed at breastfeeding. And I didn't. And I almost felt like a failure. Now, looking back, I love Formula. He sleeps through the night. It's really, really good. He's a happy baby. Um, but half of the, I think half of the challenge is you want your partner to be like, babes, you can do this. And he he wasn't really like that. You weren't like, you were like so positive about formula. It's okay. We can go on formula. It's fine. You're so positive about that. But I wanted you to be positive about the breastfeeding. Yeah. I think my mind was just set on keep Jamie happy and try and make life easier for Jamie as much as possible and as frequently as possible. So for Jamie, to, to me, changing over to formula was like, it's a good thing because it puts less pressure on Jamie. It makes life easier for her. You, you know, can take Rocket a lot will be of the- fuller for longer. We know how much he's getting because we had a few instances really early on where we had obviously no idea how much milk he was taking and he was screaming. And so we thought something was wrong with him as opposed to him just he being hungry. He had this weird cough every time he cried and it, and it was like... <clears throat> And my mum was like, he's just crying. I was like, no, he's dying. <laughs> and then we're on 111. You start crying. I I'm did, crying. Actually, yeah. And then we're we just were in so bits. exhausted. We were absolutely oh. exhausted. And he was screaming and we kept feeding, or we kept putting him on the boob. He wasn't taking anything. We just didn't wasn't know latching. if he was getting anything. And so we call 111 and we're freaking out. And then they go, just have you tried giving him a bottle? Like a formula, no, my mom like a says backup that. bottle. Um, after your mum had said it, and we said, no, Christine, we haven't given him a fucking bottle. Well, she wouldn't wake up. She was downstairs because she was like staying with us while we had the baby. And I was going, mum, mum. And she was just snoring. I was like, what good is she? She's fast asleep, <laughs> bloody bitch. Like, <laughs> I was so angry with her. And then she came up and she was just like, got an Aptamel, stuck it in, and then he took it. And I was like, oh, you 
just hungry. But I tried. I really tried to get him on the boob. And at that point in time, we were just like, okay, why are we suffering like this? Let's give him a bit of, let's give him mixed, like, what's what's the word? Combination Combination feeding. feeding. And I wish there was more to combination feeding. I wish there was more about it. Because at the time, when we did our NCT course, they didn't really go into much detail about how to do combination feeding and be successful at it. Because you, you only learn that you have to obviously get them on the boob as much as possible so you actually produce more milk Mm -hmm. that was just a whole other journey the breastfeeding journey is a whole other journey in itself yeah i feel like you kind of know it might be hard but you don't think about like the emotional roller coaster yeah. that you're going to be on. And it's so interesting listening to you guys, even though I do feel like a little bit like a therapist. I was like, <laughs> okay, there was resentment. Tell me more. <laughs> but I felt the same because um, when we had ALF, obviously it was lockdown. So there hadn't been any DJing for a year. And when lockdown sort of ended, I really felt like I need to get back to DJing. I need to get back to DJing because like people are just going to write me off as a mum now and I just need to get back. But I was also exclusively breastfeeding. And I remember, I mean, Tommy and I have spoken about it on the podcast, but I'd be like, you were the one that wanted the baby, but I'm the one that's like having to feed and I can't go back to work. Cause I, I just found it so stressful that he was back at work after two weeks. Cause obviously he had to be. And he kept being like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, do you want me to quit my job? But then like, we're going to have to move house cause we can't afford. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. And he was doing the same. Like, why, why don't you just give him, like, just give him a, just give him formula then. And But I saw it as like, I just wanted someone to be like, I know it's really hard and you're doing a really good job or I appreciate the sacrifice or something. Yeah. yeah or like, like, I was like, you don't need to fix it. I, I don't solution. I want to be heard. Yeah, I, want to be heard. I just want yeah. you to say like, I really appreciate it. And the first gig I did back was at Boardmasters and it was when, do you remember, like it was after lockdown, but the train, there were just like, trains were just a madness because yeah. there were so many people off and I think people were still really scared of COVID and lots of people had and they COVID. they raised the prices as well. So yeah. to get down to Cornwall, it took us like 12 hours. It was mad. There was like four trains um, and Tommy had to come with me because obviously I had I was breastfeeding Alf yeah. and I was trying to feed him loads before the gig. And I was at the gig and it, it was amazing. It was actually really emotional seeing people dance again because it was the first time anyone had been like back aloud outside on the dance floor. I think it was like the first festival after lockdown. But I remember thinking like, oh, I'm so happy to be back, but I could, I was like worried about Alf because I never wanted him to cry. Your mind wasn't there. Yeah, and he was with Tommy and I was thinking, am I going to have to breastfeed behind the decks? Mm. And like, in a way, yes, it would be quite iconic to breastfeed behind (laughs) the decks. But equally it was like, but then I'm cementing myself more as a mum. And this is what happened when I went back onto TV. Again, Tommy had to come with me. So he had to take the morning off work and Alf was in the green room and I ended up breastfeeding on TV and loads of people were like, wow, amazing, normalizing breastfeeding. But in my head, I was like, but I wanted to be here as like Ashley James, not Ashley James, the mum. And now like, it's almost like the more I'm putting myself out there, the more people are seeing me as the mum. So now I'm just the mum. And then I was like, you know, at Boardmasters. And then afterwards we were staying in like the VIP like marquee like the posh bit of the festival but they'd already shut because my gig finished later and you know when you have like proper jobs worth oh <laughs> no like, yes and it was so cold and I remember we were there with Alf we got off we got off on our what's what's the uh, like the caddy like, like the, the golf, golf cart, cart. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and the the bouncer was like no it's not open until six in the morning and I was like but we're like, we're clearly staying here. We've got the wristband. I've, I've got like a six month old baby. I was like, it's freezing. Like my child is going to die if you don't let us stay. And she was just being such a job, like honestly, such a job's worth. And even all the other people around us were like, 
we will stay out. Just let them in. Just let them in. And afterwards, I was like, what am I doing? Like, like, do I really? Because I, I, I still love DJing. And I know now I've kind of accepted it's not for now because obviously I'm pregnant again. But I used to love it for like the partying and for seeing people dancing. And I feel like... It's not the same when you know your child's getting up at five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, I found myself like clock watching more and I was like, I don't know if I'm doing it still because my ego wants me to be the same Ashley that I was or if I still love it. So I was like, I'm just going to like sit back. Obviously, if if a brand is listening and wants to book me, then <laughs> yeah. of course I'll happily succeed, but I'm not putting that pressure on myself. How have you found it? Um, Pretty much exactly the same. It's... It's tough. It really, really is tough. Quite emotional because we put all our all into it. And then in lockdown, I was doing all the live streaming. And then I took a step back from my brand Jagged Jungle while I was having the baby because it was taking so much time up and I wasn't actually getting the amount that I needed for it. And that kind of, when when it started to build, it was building really, really well. And I started putting it on an event and that was on, that was February the... February the 10th and then obviously lockdown happened in March so then we did online events yeah and then I got pregnant so the timing was always like oh my god this is just all over the freaking shop I need to give my 100% to it but then I started to fall out of love with it because I put stuff out there and I wasn't getting the retention that I needed from the amount of work that it was taking me to like put it out and when you become a mom your priorities definitely change they shift over and I didn't want to like, I I always said to Barney, I was like, I think I'm becoming a brunch DJ. I don't like late nights. Yeah. <laughs> and that's cool. And you know, I absolutely love it. And I love music and I love creating mixes and like mashups. They're so, so fun. But at the end of the day, I've got to pay the bills. And I'm still, I'm still struggling with the whole trying to keep the momentum of DJing going because I love it so much. That's the problem. You want to break stereotypes. You don't want to be the, you know, now I'm a mum. That's what I do. I'm a mum. And like, it, mm. you, we put this extra pressure on our shoulders, um, especially I, I believe women with pregnancy. Like, obviously, I don't have first experience, but secondary experience through you, you have like a, a, a need or, or a desire to break a stereotype in order to say, look, I can be a DJ and I can be a mum and I can do all this stuff. Like, I'm Superwoman. Da, da, and then, it's so taxing on your mind as well mm. as your body that if you do encounter any kind of element of failure, whether it's these things that I'm putting out there aren't getting as many views or this many people didn't turn up to my event, you start blaming the fact that you're a mum. Mm -hmm. And actually you need to, I think that it's very difficult because I don't want to like say, this is what you need well, to do. Well, like, we're feeling like, tell us. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> but then, yeah the comments are going to rip me. Um, no, I just feel like, accepting acceptance that you are a mother now and that that's not only you know a hindrance or an excuse to doing something else yeah. in your life it's an incredibly difficult thing and i've only experienced it secondhand like i said and it's very very difficult to watch someone who still loves their job and wants to continue doing their job and i feel like i can't do more Aww. to help yeah because I'm restricted within certain boundaries until, yeah, now he's one year old. We have a lot more flexibility with our lives. But yeah, in those first six months, and Jamie's so eager to get back on the deck, so eager to continue her brand, Jagged Jungle, so eager to, you know, keep churning out content. And she's just exhausted. And 
it was impacting mental health. I can't tell her to not do it. So that's where I think I fell into like the meditation side of things where I was doing journaling and meditating and yoga and it was definitely helping my mind a bit. And then I thought, well, why? The brand is about wellness as well. It's about a day part. Well, Jagged Jungle was about a day party that went into the night and then finishes at 9 p.m. So you can mm-hmm. go home and then, you know, you've had a really, really, I love day drinking. Everyone does because you don't have a hangover. You sleep <laughs> through the hangover. Drinking. So you would, it would start with a fitness event. And then I thought, why am I not putting that into my podcasting? So only recently, Feb 21st, which was a few days ago, we um, released the first episode of it again where I can start bringing events back because I've got the time because I love it that much and a lot of women have come to me DJs and gone you've actually shown me that I can do both and that was so refreshing to hear because at the end of the day I'm still a DJ but I'm also a mom too I get to have both which is really awesome like a lot of people think oh it's to do with alcohol and drugs no it's not it can be music is so universal so why can't there be more universal DJs out there and that's where my brand's going to come into it and be like let's get um, guest DJs in and guest fitness people and do meditations and do show their how good they are at their mixing and and then it kind of like matched with me doing these mashups with Rocket on Me. And I had a friend come up to me and she she was like, oh my God, these are awesome. You with your baby. And I was like, it was honestly because I couldn't get childcare. That's yeah. why he was on me. And I was <laughs> doing it these does mashups. Look cool. It does look cool. Because you're like, oh my God, like you're a cool mom DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually had a brand, right? Go, okay, we want you for this event. So I turned up to the event and they were like, where's the baby? Whoa. You're like, wait, are you going to pay for him? Yeah. I was like, there's what? no way I'm going to DJ with my for five baby. Hours as well. yeah. <laughs> no, but that was like a 90 minute set. But at the same time, I was just like, no, he can. Those mashups are literally seven minutes. The music is so quiet. It's recorded through the USB. So it's not affecting his ears or anything. Because a lot of people were like, oh, is it going to hurt so his loud. ears? Or yeah. is it so loud? So- it's honestly not. It's so, so quiet. Um, and we literally do seven minutes. So that's all he's about to do. But. There is space and there's space for everyone. And this is one thing I've realized. You don't have to give up your dream if you become a mum. Just it's all about balance. It really is. And having a supportive partner, which you are for sure. So many of us as pregnant women are like, I'm not going to give up my life. I'm not just going to be a mum. You know, I'm going to get back to work. And, you know, you kind of look at having a baby as being quite pragmatic. Okay, so the recovery will be about six weeks. So then I'll go back to normal. What, baby sleep for like 20 hours a day? Sweet, then I'll crack on with my <laughs> so life. So true, so and, true. And like, you kind of reassure all your friends. I remember even saying on Instagram, like guys, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, I'm not going to be one of those annoying people that only talks about their babies. <laughs> and then like, and then it kind of like hits you. And I found my biggest battle and what I've kind of only recently made peace with, obviously Alf's two now, is that it's like, it's okay to be a mom. Like, because everybody yeah. becomes a mum. And even like, I cringe now at some of the stuff I used to say, like, yeah. I'm not going to wear like frumpy maternity clothes as if like every other mum before me was like, I love maternity clothes. But you just say all these things because we have such a negative um, idea of what m- being a mum is. Whereas like, I feel like being a dad is quite cool. Like, you, you know, no dad is like, oh, you're going to give up your career or, you know, there's not that same like judgment on a dad. Whereas like even Tommy would be like, can I borrow, it was obviously lockdown. Can I borrow Alf for a Zoom call? Because it really helps with like clients. And I was like, isn't it funny that I'm trying to prove like, can you take Alf away so that I don't look like a mum? Whereas yeah. he's like, can I borrow him? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get me bonus points. Um, and it's only now that I'm like, even with the, the sort of DJing side, it's like, I can come back to it if it's what I want. I know it's different if like, 
obviously you need to earn money mm-hmm. from it luckily i was earning money from like tv and mm. socials but it's like it's okay if it like if my priorities just shifted and that doesn't like it doesn't mean that i'm not that i'm just a mom but it means that whilst my child is up all through the night i maybe need to like look after myself a bit so that I'm not dragging him and Tommy like 12 hours on a train to Cornwall and then getting locked out of a Do you know what I mean? tent. And- Funnily enough, you said that one of the things you just touched on there as well was um, like fashion. It happens with fashion as well. I remember going to H&M looking at some clothes and what I would do is I'd always find like these cute little dresses because the maternity stuff never looked great. And it was always so bland. A woman came up to me who worked at the store and she was like maternity clothes are over there. Now, you wouldn't go to a dad in a store. Dad clothes are over there. <laughs> so why say to me, who's pregnant, maternity clothes are over there. I was looking for a T-shirt for crying out loud. I can wear a normal person's T-shirt. But that's what I mean. Our mentality is so warped when it comes to women and pregnancy I'll and give mums. you one that happened to me the other day. I um, was in central London about to do Michelle Hume's podcast and I went, I was like, I'm just going to run in quickly for a prep because I was so tired. And I was like, can I have a coffee, please? And then they were like, decaf, decaf, flat white. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just wanted the normal one. And they were like, oh, oh it's because you're pregnant. And I was like, give me coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I also have a toddler, but it is that sort of like the way that we treat pregnant women so weird, isn't weird. it? It's weird. And I don't want to like shout at anyone or be hot, but please, it's like saying to a woman, oh, when are you expecting? And they're not pregnant. It's the same kind of thing. It feels the same. So just just be more careful and cautious with words. I just uh, actually had a rant about exactly that on my, on my stories because um, I don't know why, but I flicked onto the newspaper online site that none of us should go on. Never. Oh, don't, yeah. Never. And, uh, yeah. don't say it. Sorry. I know. <laughs> Cut that bit. Um, oh yeah. But it was um, Brooklyn Beckham's wife and it says speculation. Is she pregnant or is she not? And I was like, really? It's like 2023 and we're still doing this because either you're basically like insulting her because yeah. she's saying that she looks pregnant and she's not, but also like she could be going through fertility issues and it's actually really insulting or she could just yeah. be bloated because period or the fact she's eaten food and like it's like when are we going to stop doing that to women like just, if they're pregnant and they want people to know they will say otherwise in like a um it, from a psychological standpoint uh, humans are it's something crazy it's like humans are 70 something percent more likely to interact with something if it's negative online that's why newspapers uh, and you know, online on like websites or online uh, news outlets or posts well, like ninety percent negative. People stuff. say something controversial, then obviously people react. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and about the getting reactions. Like, whoa, oh wow, like this is, has so many interactions. Yeah, and so basically, they're trying to wind you up by like doing stuff like this, and it's it's so ridiculous and yeah, hurtful. Like you said, it's really like nasty thing to experience. I think firsthand. I think we're fortunate enough that. We are in circles or, you know, the stuff that we do, we don't fall in like a hot water, but also being like public too much. I mean, TikTok for me is still a very like new thing. Yeah, let's, really talk about, let's talk about TikTok because yeah. how how did you become a, a TikTok star? Oh, I'm so weird. I'm 31. So uh, you're in your 30s don't, and don't, you've yeah. smashed TikTok. Uh, Congratulations. Don't pigeonhole me in with all those kids. Yeah, not, with the, yeah. not with us millennials. <laughs> yeah, right? I not think, with us Abercrombie folk. Yes. <laughs> I, think I, uh, I downloaded the... I downloaded Musical.ly when I first came out, which is what TikTok used to be called. Uh, and then I think it was basically that a lot 
of creators were screaming out for a replacement for Vine since Vine went down. Yeah. The short form video content, only videos, more or less. Um, and so basically I downloaded it, posted a couple of times, nah, didn't like it. I actually didn't like the demographic that was on it. I felt like I was creating content, but the majority of the demographic that was actually on the platform were like under the age of 17. I think I was in my mid twenties. So I was like, oh, I don't really, I feel a bit weird posting on this. So then, you know, cut three, four years passes. It's turned into TikTok. And um, someone said, you know, why don't you start recycling your Instagram content onto TikTok? It's just another platform. You don't have to make anything new. Just start recycling the stuff you do on Instagram. And I hadn't posted really any parenting content yet on Instagram, really. And I was when I would change Rocket, I would sing to him and I'd be stupid and act like an idiot and whatever. I love make these videos, songs. by the way. You basically just, <laughs> I'm saying basically just, I mean, you can say what you do better than me, but you, when you're changing Rocket, you sing him songs. Yeah. I, I just act like a bit of an idiot. It's kind of just what I do generally around the house, I'd say. Like just yeah. normal. I think that's why it, it resonates because it's not too over the top. It's yeah, lighthearted okay. it's, for the situation of what you're actually doing. Yeah, I think the idea is to create the mundane day-to-day -day situations that parents find themselves in and trying to make them positive and fun, like feeding time, changing, waking up in the middle of the night, all the stuff that you would uh, recoil in horror thinking about having to do all the time, but actually it's, you can make it a bit fun or at least make it lighthearted. So yeah, I, uh, Jamie's mum, in fact, said, you should record that because that was really funny. So the next time I changed Rocket Snappy, uh, he had done a poonami and it had gone up his back and come out of <laughs> legs and it was just everywhere and so i just sang a song put him on the mat changed him and then i think How something was he? like he was oh he was a couple of weeks old it was in easter weeks, last year so it was april last year and um after i kind of changed him i posted the video online and i think after three days of it being up i checked my tiktok because so i was like oh, i posted that video i hadn't posted that on instagram i just posted it on tiktok and it had like, I think I had a hundred thousand followers on TikTok in three days. And I was like, what's going on? And the video had- You're like, Jamie, I'm a star. <laughs> the video had like three or four million views and I'd got a hundred thousand followers. And I was like, mm, this is weird. So we were like, well, let's do another one. And so no, we just did another one. I didn't one say and we kept... that though, did I? I disagreed. I was like, well, you've done it now. You might as well go and do something else because you've done it. That was my mentality. Completely wrong. Worst <laughs> advice ever. Because then you were like, okay, I'm just going to recycle it and do yeah, another if one. You, on TikTok, if you become known for doing something in particular or like a certain style of video, uh, that's what the audience craves and that's what TikTok's algorithm will push because it knows that that content gets good viewership or gets you know a lot of interactions so I kind of did a couple of those changing videos a week and then yeah to cut the long story short I think by August that year so formally we had a million followers and then it's kind of kept growing since then it's kind of plateaued a little bit now but I think that you know she calls me TikTok turd boy. So. <laughs> I said that to you. Basically, at Rocket's first birthday, are you gonna have a one balloon and then you're just gonna you're just gonna put the M next to it? And yeah, one point eight million actually. It was it was it's, it's been crazy, and you know what? The, the doors that it's opened for other stuff as well. I'm actually uh, I've been working as a presenter for six years uh, and I work in the esports industry so I work in gaming um, which again is a growing industry which is uh, I'm really fortunate to work in that industry I really enjoy it um, so I kind of bounce from doing esports stuff and going and most of it's overseas so I'll go and I'll host an esports event on stage and then in between those gigs I can just 100% focus on the social media side of things so off the back of the TikTok we've created a YouTube channel and a podcast now so do you, what are your guys' thoughts? I'm going to presume it's pretty similar to mine, but about sharing Rocket online. 
Yeah, that's something that we come across with quite a few people in terms of conversation. They say, do you feel weird about sharing it? Or do you, you know, where does it end? Do you, you know, does it become a money-making machine? And then you feel like you're kind of forcing him to make content. So we have like, it's quite a, that's quite a delicate situation in itself. We see a lot of people, especially in America that are um, millennial parents. That's kind of the vertical that you're put in. Uh, and they kind of go, oh, you know, we don't just film content all day, every day. And I think that as long as it's fun, lighthearted and no one's upset, then it's okay. It's just a, that's a kind of ideal scenario for me is that it's the everyday. So I change his nappy every day. So if I put a camera there and don't film anything untoward, then I guess it's kind of okay from my point of view. And I think every parent has to take it in their own stride. And and also it's up to him. He can make that decision down the line. If he's like, mom, I don't want to be on these anymore. I'd be like, cool, that's fine. Yeah. We we are both quite like entertainment. We love entertainment. And we if he doesn't like it, then we would never, ever force him to do anything. Um, we're probably more cautious about shopping where we live than anything else mm -hmm. for the safety of us as a family. Yeah. Then him because he's really cute and he's really <laughs> funny and we like to capture it and you know what actually one of the loveliest parts of us having this tiktok is looking back at the videos and seeing him really little and we're like oh my god that's so cute i love it and i absolutely love looking back on that and having these memories stored on this little app and like taking people along with us it's mm. quite nice and showing that healthy we've got healthy relationship um we're both freelancers and it's possible that you can do your dream and be a parent. That's that's one of the things that we are really yeah. we are really trying to push, isn't it, with the banks content that we're doing. I think fortunately for us, uh, the focal point of each and every video that we do, let's say on TikTok or on YouTube as well, is we're actually more the focal point as a yeah. pa as parents rather than baby. Rock. It's yeah. not all the video, all the content isn't really him. He actually, we don't really show his face his that <laughs> much. Yeah, we don't show his face that. I mean, yeah, you obviously you can see what he looks like, but. You know, the focal point is us being silly or being, you know, stupid and making making things up um, as parents, as opposed to going, look at my baby, look how funny or cute he is. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Tally and I'm getting married in 2024. But I don't want to get sucked into feeling like I have to change everything about myself in the lead up to the big day. As soon as I got engaged, I felt like there was this extra pressure to change my body and try to look perfect. So I wanted to create the Anti-Diet Bride podcast to talk about it. Because shouldn't your wedding be about celebrating your marriage and not about the size of your waist? 
So join me chatting to fellow brides, wedding industry experts, and even my fiance as we navigate this roller coaster planning process. Come and join the bridal party. Listen on the first Wednesday of every month on the Train Happy Podcast feed, and it's available wherever you get your podcast from. Do you know what? It's so mad. So I've had, um, I don't know if I've actually talked about this on the podcast. I think I might have briefly touched on it, but I've had um, such a crazy <laughs> six months where basically I got a letter through my door from social services. Whoa. Accusing me of neglect. And I was under investigation. No. And it all started because on a gossip website online, they basically found out that I live in Essex and that's all you really need to call social services. And there's like basically this group of people who were trying to find out where we live. They called the police on me. They called um, social oh services. God. So once there was an open investigation into me, they then start contacting brands that I work with being like, how do you feel like one of your ambassadors? And that made me really paranoid and conscious of showing where we live. Um, but it's interesting because obviously talking about putting your baby online every now and then I'll get messages being like, how do you feel about this? And obviously you see all these stories about teenagers suing their parents. Yeah. So I was, I was joking to Tommy. I'm like, I hope I'll never sues me. Yeah. But obviously I tried to be like really mindful of it and I've looked into like safety. So obviously like not posting pictures of them with no clothes on. Of course, or, yeah, yeah. Um, without, even like just in a nappy, like you're, unless you're holding them so that people can't like do really sick photoshopping. And, yeah. Yeah. We, we got that, didn't we? When I, I actually, right at the beginning of his birth, I, I took a really cute picture of him in the bath. And then the amount of people that came back to me and were like, Jim, you can't take, put that online. I was like, but he's so cute. Yeah. And you just don't realise. Yeah. And then you're like, oh gosh, right, you've got to be really cautious. But it's all a learning curve. And we even have gone to TikTok talks about putting our baby on TikTok and how TikTok feel about it and the safety of children on the app. And it's it's really taken seriously. So I actually got my TikTok account banned because um, they they said in their guide that I put up child pornography because I showed a really small clip of me breastfeeding. And in TikTok guidelines, that is apparently child pornography because you're sexualizing children because your boobs are out. And it, it, I was like, guys, you really need to look at this. Like breastfeeding is not a sexual wow. act. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I always say like to people, like, yeah, if you don't want to post your child online, don't. But like, you know, each. But breastfeeding should I... be like free the nipple. That's a thing, you yeah. know. The really interesting report came out last week about AI is actually sexist because a lot of people who work in tech who build AI are obviously men, oh, and um, no it's been proven on social media that these bots, the AI sexualizes women's bodies. So even if you have a topless man, that was rated like nine out of 10, so not sexual. Pregnant bellies, uh, any female flesh, they were all um, rated like really outrageous, like one out of 10. So therefore they don't push it out onto algorithms. Really, really right. interesting, but really dark, the fact that they consider yeah. pregnant bellies sexual but we digress so um how would you guys sum up uh your relationship since having a baby would you say it's changed would you say obviously we touched on resentment i would say we are so much more tired that we don't have time to like be more sexual <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like I honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah I honestly think like we have to set we have to plan it it's like oh my god Thursdays right cool have you Thursdays. seen the film Fun with Dick and Jane with Jim Carrey <laughs> no. there's, there's, a, there's just a really funny bit their parents and they go to bed uh, at one point in the film and she goes and they're like kissing and they're kind of getting intimate and then she goes you know what we should do and he's like yeah and she goes we should have sex and he's like yeah and she's like on Thursday and then goes to sleep <laughs> so I'm like I so was <laughs> trying to pre-plan everything around Rocket obviously yeah. like okay so my mum's got Rocket on this day so this we got this There's four no hour window we can just do anymore. something spontaneity yeah exactly exactly it's so true though like we don't yeah. have it because of like juggling work and then we work from home as well and that's another thing because we work together now we're building the brand it's it's like oh my god by the end of the day we're like go away also we live <laughs> we live in Kent and oh I've just told everyone where we live no Kent's um, big it's a big place yeah it it's big it's big but I'm not from Kent I'm from London so I don't have any friends so I can't like just pick up the phone and be like hey can I come around for 20 minutes and yeah, there's nothing like a, that anymore we feel a little bit isolated, isolated from our friends that we obviously lived with in London and and you know you're only a stone's throw away or you know two tube rides away from a couple of people now it's you know it's proper train journey or getting in the car for at least an hour so that from friendships perspective you know we're relying on each other for you know our friend our friendship connections as well almost or you have to plan pretty far ahead which is quite difficult in our line of work as well i think that for us as a couple i think our communication has got a lot better our organization has got way better oh my gosh crazy uh, and just i think that our overall dynamic especially as now post tiktok april last year we essentially work together now mm -hmm. you know we create content together all the time we have a schedule of you know this is when we film our youtube this is when we record our podcast you edit this i edit this da, da, da. so we have a structure so mm -hmm. i would say yeah, our communication well that being one of the reasons for our communication getting better but yeah our communication is a lot better and our yeah we have more of a flow i think because you can't afford to not be on top of everything when you have a child especially as he started nursery last week oh yeah. yeah he starts from big yeah. steps Mondays like, and need, Fridays you need, you need a wet a yeah. wet suit not a wet suit but you know like a, a a waterproof outfit you need bed sheets we need this so we're like scrambling around the house like what else did we need have you got the list to be fair when Alf started going to childcare that was like a big game changer for me but also for us and even if it wasn't just work which it usually is it's like having that time just to be you and you feel like you get a bit of autonomy mm -hmm. back and Tommy and I definitely went through this phase of like resentment where there'd be mo like points where we'd be like are we even working anymore mm. and my friend is going through it now her daughter is about four or five months and I keep being like just don't make any big relationship decisions in this period yeah. I promise you like there's so much resentment there's so much going on yeah. especially because she's still breastfeeding so obviously she's like why does he not have lactating <laughs> boobs? And I'm like, I know it's so fucking annoying. But I'm like, I promise you just get through it. And like, obviously there is formula if you want formula, but it's more the like, make sure you tell her that she's doing an amazing job and make sure that you're there for her, like in all the other areas. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's something that people don't really realize because you're like, we're 50-50, we're so equal, it's not going to change us. Yeah. And and it, it's just really fucking hard. So if yeah. you are going through it with your relationship, just like I found like Tommy and I from a year on, it just got better and better. And actually me as a mom, similar to what you said earlier, like I didn't have that instant connection with Alf, but also I resented him for my life changing so much, like with the DJing and everything else. 
So now, obviously, I'm having another one. Yeah. We had sex again. <laughs> sex is an important part of it. That is actually sex. One, one thing I did want to bring part. up is when we don't connect like that physically, I feel so disconnected from him. And I'm like, actually, as much as I'm so, so tired, sometimes just get the freaking job done and it feels so much better. <laughs> it does. We feel, we feel so much better, but it, we are getting better. Even in the last few weeks, we started to get stronger in our relationship and yeah. com- communicate more. But sometimes if a man's listening to this, sometimes all a woman wants, she doesn't want solution. She just wants you to understand. She just wants you to tell hear you your- understand. Yeah, just yeah, tell her you understand. True. Because a man's job in life is to fix it. And a woman doesn't want you to fix it when she's going through- postpartum she just wants you to be there and support she just needs the support it is true and it's to your point about deal. your point about childcare as well when we had time and finally you know rock is going to nursery we have the whole day we can get so much stuff done and we got home and then i was like i actually just want to sit down and watch tv uninterrupted yeah. and actually just do nothing can we just do nothing all day that was it was weird because we were like we can get this podcast done we can shoot this tiktok and we can we can hang out we can go for a walk and get coffee and i just felt like collapsing on the sofa or going can we go to bed for like an hour and just yeah sleep Tom, not shag. And I keep dreaming about <laughs> his paternity leave this time round because I'm like we can watch all the films that we've not been able to watch for the last two years and we can like binge watch I was like we, ha- we haven't seen series two of Happy Valley and obviously everyone was talking about Happy Valley so we were like we can watch Shut series up. two of Happy Valley yeah he's all pointing fam- at me all my family were telling us to watch Happy Valley and we watched the first episode and Jamie went I can't understand the lead woman all right she's Scottish and, and I was like She's from Yorkshire. Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought she's from Manchester. Oh, she might be. Oh, I Apologies to anyone. Oh, no, you said you Yorkshire because your family are from Yorkshire and you went, you wouldn't understand any of my family because yeah. we're not married, but we've been together for seven years. Oh, she shoehorned that one in quickly. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, and I honestly, like, you had a comedy show you went to the other day and he was like- Peter Kay. Peter Kay. Oh, great. And, we went to to the O2, yeah. and he was like, Google him because we can go. I Googled him. I couldn't understand him. Couldn't understand. Like what? <laughs> so what? I can't watch Happy Valley because I haven't understood what she's saying. I'm like this. Like I can't. So understand. we put subtitles on, and even still, she was like, "I'm annoyed because I don't. I still don't get what they're saying, even though I have subtitles. It. I'm just not following it." <laughs> do you know what's? Do you know what's weird? I found out that our brains actually change after. Um, I don't know if it's going through childbirth because I think you can get it as a dad if you're one of the, if you're a primary caregiver and you can get it um, if you go through adoption. But something in our brain actually changes yeah. and it's nature's way of making sure that you're a good caregiver. So you're, is it your left cortex? I don't know the technical terms, but basically you're, you're on much more high alert. So I used to go solo traveling and I used to do like all of this crazy stuff. And now I get nervous. Like even the, the big slide at soft play, <laughs> I'm like, I was like, Tommy, I can't do it. The I can't slide. do it. I can't do it. And yeah, I, I found out it's the thing called like mum brain. It does actually change you as a person. Wow. So when you're pregnant, kind of going back to what we were saying of like, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. Your brain will change. Oh my yeah. It's not just sleep deprivation. It's nature's wow. way of ensuring that you are a good parent. That's so funny you said that because I couldn't jump off a boat on holiday this year. Could I? Could not jump off the boat. Everyone feels so bad for you. Yeah. You couldn't jump off a boat. Oh, you couldn't really... jump off a boat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just so mean. Uh, my vertigo has got really bad. Just And I think it's actually so been... You a, jumped off the it's, boat. It's been a natural progression. <laughs> it's been a natural progression, I think. as a, It's more of an age thing. I think my vertigo... We were very fortunate to go to Indonesia at the beginning of this year. Yeah. I had a job out there, so we took everyone out there. So Jamie and... Uh, 
Jamie brought a friend and we brought Rocket. 20 hour flight, by the way. Wow. Yeah. With a, with a f- what, eight month old, nine yeah. month old at the time. Wow, that was hard. Um, but we went in Indonesia. They have this glass bridge that goes over a mountain and I was just shitting myself. Yeah, you I really could couldn't... not. I was like shuffling my feet because I just couldn't hack it. Do you think you could have done it before parenthood? I think so, yeah. So you, a you, bit have, better, you have the mum brain. Yeah, I've got the mum brain. Can't do heights. But you've taken to parenting really, really well. I got rock climbing as well and I'm like normally fine but yeah. I don't know I don't but know we haven't done that since we've had the baby so who knows we might oh, go God. and go oh my god I can't deal with this but that's the thing and I just I've got the fear now which is so funny that you say that because it's an actual, actually a thing um, well yeah. I feel like this has been a great therapy session yeah. <laughs> for us, do you do you have any advice um, for anyone that is maybe going through it in terms of like relationships after becoming parents as a parting gift. Oh, I think my communication skills were very, were subpar before we had Rocket. And I feel like you're, you push communication uh, a lot more on me and I'm grateful for that. So guys, if you feel like you can't speak up or you feel like you just cage your emotions because your partner comes across as being overly emotional because of the raging hormones and the dips and the, you know, peaks and troughs just say it because it's better that it's out there and then you can then discuss it fix it rather than resentment building as that's a dad to dad and sleep deprivation if you are if you're having a kid sleep deprivation is a thing try to train your body to take naps because i can't nap and it affected me really badly it did we read this incredible book called sensational sleeping pattern she's incredible this book taught us everything we went one on an nct course and we learned everything from that book beforehand we'd both got covid when we went to new york and i was eight months pregnant so we were locked down in a room so we decided to read all these books and give ourselves a quiz to be like okay let's bounce off it and everything we read all those books and the only thing that really stuck was sensational sleeping pattern which we implemented with rocket and he's been a dream sleeper from the beginning from taking her techniques so that was one thing that i was like oh pro pro alice i think her name's allison she's insane with the tips and like sleep breathe sleep we never realized that i thought oh keep them up at night i mean keep them up in the day no no no. you need to get them to sleep in the daytime because they'll sleep better at nighttime that's the thing um also the touching on the whole thing where the man wants to think about solutions don't do that for (laughs) just be a bit support but even like the supportive if you went to me honey whatever you want to do i'd be like you're not listening to me that's what i would turn to if you were like whatever you want to do i think it's more uh, i will it's hard isn't it it's a hard conversation to have because it is going to happen to all of us when you go through breastfeeding and postpartum journey you just have to be there for your partner with whatever she wants. Like, what do you want me to say? What, like, uh, it's hard. It's do you know what hard. Tommy and I are doing different this time, I think, because who knows what will actually happen. But the first time round, obviously I was like, I'm up all night breastfeeding and like you're doing nothing. So then he was trying to also be up, but obviously he couldn't really do anything because he sadly does not have lactating boobs. <laughs> so this time I was like, once I recover from the C-section, just sleep in the spare room because then you can get up with Alf, but also like you can take the baby in the morning for a bit because otherwise we're both going to be sleep deprived. And at least if like, if I don't expect you to help in the night unlike last time then I know like what your shift is going to be love that because he won't be tired then in the daytime otherwise you're both tired and then you're going to bicker because you're so exhausted that's another thing tiredness causes bickerness bickerness Bickerness. 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 that's another one it's it's when you're 
angry and bitter. <laughs> Can you tell I've got baby brains? Still? It's still there a year on. Yeah, try not to point the finger because it, it, you know, um, we've been talking about how you can resent each other so easily and pointing ah, the finger. So easily. Pointing the finger just doesn't help anyone. So just, yeah, try and 50-50 everything where you can. Obviously breastfeeding doesn't, so maybe over overcompensate with something else. Cook all the meals and make sure that everyone's fed and everyone's happy. Because if they're fed, that they're happy. That was a good thing that yeah. you did. You took on the cooking. You, you kept me fed. I've always taken on the cooking, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, thank you so much. I normally do a listener question or voice message, Ooh. but given how long that we've been chatting away, um, I'm not going to do that this week, so I'll save it for next time. But as always, I do love to hear from you. Um, so please get in touch. You can do it on WhatsApp. You can send a voice message free and anonymous if you want. Uh, the number is 075 Or of course, you can email me at askmumswordpod at gmail.com. Um, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that is where you get your podcast and I hope you enjoyed our therapy session <laughs> I loved it yeah, you? I yeah, it was great it was amazing. <laughs> and, you need to come on our pod no I definitely will yeah, thank you need to you get me in us. before I have uh, for sure. the baby oh, wow so yeah. chop chop guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll be back with another episode I was going to say same time same place but it might not be the same place because I don't think I'm going to waddle my way back into the studio so it'll be at my house but same place for you guys next week 